You're listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast, your source for news, discussion, and debates about the Vols and Lady Vols basketball programs. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. I am Nathaniel Rutherford, and I want to start off by apologizing to you guys because originally, last week, I said this episode would be coming out on Thursday of last week, and due to unforeseen circumstances and just also just time constraints and stuff, it obviously did not come out on Thursday. I posted about it on uh, on our Twitter and Facebook and also on my own personal Twitter about the, the mess up and that this wasn't going to come out on Thursday. Instead, it'll be coming out early this week. And as I'm recording this intro bit here, uh, as a little editor's note to you guys, this is coming out on Monday, September 27th, a little late. So a lot of you probably won't be listening to it until Tuesday, Wednesday or so uh, of you know the end of September here. But better late than never, this is our preview here on the Vol Basketball Fever podcast of the Lady Vols roster. We gave you the men's basketball team a roster review for the Vols basketball squad last week. So if you want to listen to that, haven't heard that yet, go check that out. This is a breakdown and a roster review of the Lady Vols basketball team heading into Kelly Harper's third season. Not as much action and change on the roster this offseason for the Lady Vols as there was for the men's team, but still some notable changes, notable departures, and some interesting additions and, and very intriguing additions as well to this team, both on the roster and on the coaching staff for Kelly Harper heading into her third year with the Lady Vols. So Gina and I broke it down again. Last week we recorded uh, one big giant episode and realized that we talked for about two hours and thought we should probably break this down, uh, break it in half. So did that for you. And this is the second half of that two-parter. So here's our roster review for the Lady Vols. And again, thank you all so much for listening. If you're new here, we appreciate it. You can find us everywhere podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Vol Hoops Fever on Twitter and Vol Basketball Fever on Facebook. So here is the second part, the Lady Vols roster review. We'll move on here now to the Lady Vols and look at their departures and look at their additions and, and, and both the roster and coaching staff as well. Not nearly, thankfully, not nearly as much movement uh, on the roster for the Lady Vols from uh, last year to this year. Your departures on the roster were, of course, Renai Davis. That's that's a huge loss for the Lady Vols. Uh, Cassie Kushkidawa also graduated, and then Jaden McCoy also left. Uh, your other senior on the team, Kyan Green, who you know missed the majority of the year with injury, she is returning um, as a transfer. She transferred in last year. She's returning to Tennessee for this upcoming season. On the coaching staff side of things, uh, Lacey Goldwire and Jennifer Sullivan both moved on as assistant coaches for this upcoming season for Tennessee, for the Lady Vols, uh, their additions. Well, let me get this pulled back up here. The roster decided for some reason it didn't want to load. There we go. So for the additions to the team this year, freshman signees, you have Brooklyn Miles, Sarah Puckett, Kaiwan, and Caroline Stripling. You also added Alexis Dye as a graduate transfer to go along with your other uh super seniors of Jordan Walker and Kyan Green who were on the team last year as well. So those are your four, five additions for Lady Vols. Yeah, Brooklyn Miles, Sarah Puckett, Kai Wynn, Caroline Stripling, and Alexis Dye. And then on the coaching side of things, 
you also add Samantha Williams and Joy McCorby as assistant coaches with Samantha Williams getting the recruiting coordinator uh, position as well that Lacey Goldwire previously held. So Gene, really quickly here, moving on to the positions and kind of going with well, it's a little harder, I feel like, with the Lady Vols. They have a lot of uh, kind of players who can play guard forward spots. Like, where you, That's kind of like the, the three, I guess, in the men's game. Lady Vols have a, lot, have a lot of players who are around that six foot one, six foot two range who they list at both guard and forward who can play, like, legitimately both guard and forward, uh, just depending on the circumstance here. So I, I will list off who I think are more... I guess kind of true guards, and then we'll go through the rest of the roster here, um, just kind of as it is. But I would say that true guard, Brooklyn Miles, Jordan Walker, Jesse Rennie. I know Jordan Horston's six foot two, but I think she's definitely more of a guard. I don't view her as a as a forward, uh, so I'll say Jordan Horston in there as well. Um, and then you're also looking at uh, Kaya Wynn as a one of the new additions at at guard as well. Obviously, losing Renaya Davis, that's huge, but she, again, was kind of a, a, a hybrid player there, but she played some guard, played some forward, I think, too. Um, but, Gene, I think that's... that's You have some experience there with Jordan Walker. Um, Jordan Horston, obviously, she's now entering her third year. Uh, we talked multiple times in the podcast about how she, you know, the, the coaching was evident and her skill level was evident with the fact that her turnovers were cut significantly from her freshman season to her sophomore season. If that continues where she you know, has another kind of uh, downward decline in her uh, turnover numbers, that's going to be even better for her production for this upcoming season. So with Horston and Walker being your kind of mainstays there, your, your two stalwarts, I would be very interested to kind of see, does Jesse Rennie, can she be more than just kind of a bench player who, who plays a few minutes and comes in and hits threes every once in a while? Can she do more? And I'm more interested, though, in seeing those two freshmen with Miles and Kaya Wynn, can either one of those girls come in and provide a spark and provide some more um, kind of, I guess, depth, kind of that point guard type position? Because uh, especially with Miles, who's five four, she's the I think she's the shortest person. Yeah, pretty easily the shortest person on the roster, and it's still fairly tall. Lady Falls roster, they're, they're still going to be one of the tallest rosters in uh, in the women's game this year. But I think that's a pretty solid grouping of, of true guards. Again, there's several other players I'll list here that are kind of guard forward hybrids, but of in terms of kind of true guard position, I think that's that's not a bad grouping there. Again, two veterans, two uh, new players coming in, and then a, a person in Jesse Rennie who can play a role for you in that, that spot too. Yeah, I'll be intrigued to see how um, the minutes kind of shake out just because, I mean, you've got youth, you've got some experience. I mean, I think you kind of want to go bigger if you can because you have bigger options and that, that's a league where uh, you have a gal, you, know, you have a person like um, a guard like Brooklyn Miles who is, you know, who I believe to be um, really quick and really explosive and obviously she's a really good player. Um, you, you have... I'm sitting here glancing at Jordan Walker's uh, previous stats. Uh, you know, it looks like she was, uh, you know, she did some really good things. Had a 14 rebound game in the conference tournament for for Tennessee. Um, I, I was a little bit like I don't want to say higher, but I I was like I liked Jordan Walker last year. I, I know she didn't get as like I wouldn't say fans like ragged on or anything like that, but she she was one that I, I saw fans kind of you know, be more critical of on social media. I actually like Jordan Walker. I, I, I like the way she 
place. She got, I think, got better as the season went along too. That was the thing. Like she didn't have. There's parts where she didn't play well. But you're right. Like l- late in the year, she had some good moments, and I, I like the the tenacity she plays with. So I, I, I like her. I'm, I'm not expecting her to be like a, you know, a superstar or anything. But I, I like Jordan Walker from what I watched of her late in the season. Yeah, I mean, and she obviously she got better. I mean, she started playing a lot more late. I mean, she got big. She really got, improved. Uh, in mid-February and kind of picked her game up and improved in some areas and, um, you, know, uh, you know, had some had some really nice performances in, in all the tournaments. Um, you know, heck, played 38 minutes against Michigan in the tournament. Um, but, you know, like, she's not the type of player who's going to give you an awful lot offensively. This is just a different level. I think that was the biggest adjustment for her is going from Eastern Michigan to Tennessee, even without the fans, I, I say it's a it's a massive adjustment. You know, then once you get past her, everybody else, you, you've got Burrell, who you're going to lean on heavily. Um, this is a big team. You know, you, you know, Darby is a six-one guard. Puckett is a six-two guard. Ford, Corson obviously is a six-two guard. Um, I like some of the backcourt options but kind of like what I said with the men there's just question because you just don't you don't know um, you don't know what you're going to get from some of these you know some because there's a lot of youth and some of your experience more experienced options yeah you've got Jordan Walker I, I'm not counting her she obviously doesn't count uh but some of your other options are all freshmen. Kaya Wynn, um, you know, Brooklyn Miles. You're hoping, I mean, because of lofty rankings and stuff, you're hoping that these players are what you think they're going to be. But, man, look, Jordan Horson, she had highs and lows as a freshman, and she was one of the top players in the country that year. Yeah, you know, she had tons of highs and tons of lows, massive highs and massive lows. I mean, I, I remember seeing some stats where she averaged like seven turnovers every forty minutes, and obviously that got cut cut down tremendously last year, where she just became became a better decision maker. Um, who knows? Maybe she had maybe she had LASIK like you know uh, Jameis Winston, and I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know of it, but she was so much better of a basketball player, just in terms of a decision maker last year. Um, but like again, like there's just so many questions. Like I, I'm, you were higher on this kind of. I guess she's actually more of a front court player, but you were higher on the dive play the dive than I was. Um, I mean, when you when you look at her on the roster, when you sort the roster by height, and you realize that there's one, two, three players shorter than her on the roster, but she's a Ford. And <laughs> you know, Tennessee's got you know six foot guard Kyle Wynn, six one guard four Ray Burrell, six one four center uh, Kyan Green. And like, there's some that I have. I had some of the same concerns about her last year. Um, obviously, we weren't doing this last year on, on the women's side, so. Um, I think those concerns still kind of exist. Will you be able to get minutes, extract some minutes out of some of these players? 
while, while you're while still trying to bring these younger players on because it is a talented recruiting class. I think that's going to be my biggest question as far as the backcourt is concerned because I didn't mention Ray Burrell much because I kind of feel like she plays a little more in the front court per se, but um, she's the success is contingent upon her this year, her and Horsley, in my opinion, and then like what happens with the rest of these pieces that around can you surround them with pieces that can do some really nice things on the basketball court uh we'll mention one of them in the front court but can can you surround them with shooters and people who can just help those other players out yeah we'll go ahead and move into the kind of the Harvard role there because you've already mentioned a couple of those names and I'd, <laughs> I I'm with you like I, I I wanted to mention a couple of them and I was like well they're not technically true just exclusively at guard, so I wanted to wait and hold off. So you're right, though. That, I mean, that includes players like Ray Burrell. We also have listed on the label's website in terms of kind of guard forward hybrids. Sarah Puckett, Tess Darby, Marta Suarez. Like, th- those are other players I would consider because I think Marta played some. She played mostly forward, I want to say, last year, but she could play guard. Uh, Puckett's a freshman. I'll, I'll, I'll be intrigued to see what she plays. You know, she's a very good player from Alabama. Uh, Tess Darby, I want to say she's more of a forward, but again, I she can probably play guard too. I don't, I don't know. She didn't play. I didn't see her as much last year um, play. But that's kind of your non-true forwards, but also not exclusively at guard positions. And you're right. I mean, the 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 height. The, like the, it's interesting watching like the difference in the men's and women's games because the men's game, if you're six, you know, usually six three, six four, or shorter, you're you're probably a, a one or two guard. You're not usually playing a three. You're usually playing one of those spots. If you're Six eight or taller, you're a forward usually. You, there's kind of some weird middle ground at a six 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 seven, what positions you can play. But normally, you, you more or less know what set positions you are going to be depending on your height. In the women's game, unless you're like really tall, unless you're like a, you know, six three six four six five or like a you know, Tamari Key who's six six, you can kind of play a multitude of positions. You can be a, a six foot one, point guard in the women's game or a six foot one forward. Like you can be a, a multitude of positions in the women's game. It's got more versatility. You know, you were talking about how you're a big Josiah Jordan James fan. I mean, I think that's another reason why I like the, the women's game a lot too, is there's a lot of versatility. You don't, you don't get pigeonholed into, you have to play this one spot and we need you at this one spot or, or maybe the second spot. You can play two, three, sometimes four different spots and, and be a very versatile player. And it works out better because there isn't as quite as big of a height range in the women's game. You don't have a seven foot two guy, and a six foot one guy on the same team, you know, and, and the men's like you do the men's game, you, you have typically more of the range of like a, a five nine, five ten, to a six two, six three. Like there's just typically a less range in the women's game, which I think opens it up to be a more little more competitive in certain aspects, but also a, a more versatile game. But anyway, to get back to the, the conversation here about the Lady Balls, that's a solid group, I think. Obviously, Ray Burrell, that's your star for this year. It's she she's going to be counted on, as you said, her and Horson are going to be counted on to be the two uh, main scorers, the two main players on this team um, outside of, of Tamari Key, which we'll get to here, her, here in a second. But those are, you know, Ray Burrell is your, your star. She's going to be your all-SEC, all you know, preseason player, you know, up, up for potentially player of the, of the year in the SEC this year. Uh, she's going to be the one that gets a lot of the attention, and, and rightfully so. She had a really good year last year. 
and I, I think she can build off that. I think the potential for I, I like Mara Suarez and what she what she brings the potential to the team here. She had a really good uh, summer when she played for Spain uh, over the Olympics, and, and I saw multiple times you know her getting a lot of highlights and stuff from um, the Lady Vols Twitter account. But she was, um, I think she was an all SEC freshman, I believe. Yeah, she all uh, on her her bio here. She was SEC all freshman team last year. Uh, was a freshman of the week, I think once or twice as well. So I I like her potential a lot in terms of what can what she can bring as a, a, a second year player this year for the Lay Vols. And I'll be interested to see you know what does Test Darby do. I I think Sarah Puckett to me I I I, I like this Lady Vols freshman class and Sarah Puckett, Caroline Stripling. And we mentioned Kaya Wynn and, and Brooklyn Miles already, but I think, to me, you know, can Sarah Puckett carve out a role as a, as a true freshman, or you know, can she steal some minutes away from some older players? Because I think that'll be um, a very intriguing thing to see for her. But I think that's, yeah, that's right. Tess Darby had an injury. I forgot about that. So that's why she didn't appear as much and didn't play maybe quite as much as she potentially could have. But I think you know, obviously, that's this this group gene is getting bolstered a lot by Ray Burrell. We've already touched on a few of these players already, so we don't, you don't have to spend too much time here. But I think, again, this going along with the more true guard-oriented grouping, I think is a good group. And obviously, again, this is this is Ray Burrell's group, and then you have, I think, again, Mara Suarez, who I think will contribute and be a, a good player as long as she stays healthy. Um, but this is obviously, you know, Ray Burrell's group, and then the other group is kind of Jordan Horston's and Jordan Walker's group. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, to kind of touch on something we were saying earlier about just the versatility of the women's game. I don't think there's an awful lot of change between the women's game and the men's game because for I, I could actually say that Jordan Horston is Josiah James. Um, I could actually say that uh, Kaya Green was EJ in a sickie. You know I mean, we can take that however you want to. I mean, but like we're talking about undersized players who can really succeed at, you know, kind of mid-major levels. And if you look, I mean, uh, Green was at Liberty. Obviously, Anosiki was what, Sacred Heart, I think, is where he was at. Um, and they were really successful being kind of the grinders at those levels, whereas, like, yeah, like last year, they, they both struggled. I mean, I think Green may have had some – I vaguely remember Green having some early moments before the injury. But, um, like, when – for you to be successful at that level, you need to be a little more uh, prototype, I guess, in terms of size. Like that's where that's why Horston on the women's side, that's why James on the men's side, that's why those sorts of players kind of really stand out. A Brooklyn Miles could kind of be, in a way, kind of similar to. A Kennedy Chandler type person, where amazing point guard, but they're kind of pigeonholed into just that position because of their size. Um, and say so you have a Burrell who does a lot of different things in the court. I mean, like when you look at both the women's and the men's games, they are like your best players at those levels are typically the ones who have the more prototypical sizes. Uh, as opposed to, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, the undersized players who do a lot of things with heart and effort and energy and all that, all this, that, and the other. Uh, and like I said, that was my biggest concern as far as Dow was concerned. Um, 
maybe maybe there's a role that she can kind of carve out. Maybe she proves me wrong. I'm just looking, look, I don't really care to be proven wrong. I, I look at these things from just a more practical standpoint, and it's really hard. If she can, I remember watching some highlights. Um, if she can extend some range and maybe become the 13th guard slash forward on Tennessee's roster, because there feels like there's like 11 of them, 11, 12 of them there already, then that's a plus for Tennessee because now you've got an experienced player that can kind of play multiple positions and do multiple things for you. Um, but when you look at, you know, kind of coming back to where this thing started, their front court is a lot of Tamari Key. And I didn't mention earlier for obvious reasons because I knew you were going to get here. Um, can, God, I mean, Emily Saunders is a junior now. Will she... Man. Can she figures? I mean, she came in with Key, and those two are very much the same size, uh, same height. Can Saunders provide something? Uh, and if not Saunders, then who? Because if you don't have somebody to really provide that, now you have because you know, look, he has a very he has a skill. She has a very specific skill. Like her ability to block shots is a skill. Yep. And so teams that Tennessee goes against are going to try to attack her. Because right now there isn't a specific person that you kind of trust to kind of stand in there. You know, to kind of stand in there and do that. It's like if you like if you wanna if you wanna tell me that Green uh, is that player, then wait. Okay, there she is. Yeah, if, if you want to tell me that Green is that player, well, guess what? You become worse defensively because he can block shots, and Green doesn't provide that at six foot one. That's not. That's not even a disrespect to her skill set. That's just a reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't look at her as being able to. You don't look at her as being able to block shots the same way that <laughs> Tamari Key is. I mean, very few in the country can. Um, so can somebody, uh, like they don't have a lot of size. It's, it's weird to say it, but they don't have a lot of size once you get past Tamari Key. Because all their size is guards. Yeah. They have a big backcourt and then you have some some players who can play at that forward yeah. spots and they're at the six two six three mark. But yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, we haven't mentioned Caroline Stripling yet, but I, I, she to me like she was a player who was the Alabama sports writer of Miss Basketball. Like she was a, a, again just like Sarah Puckett was an outstanding player from Alabama. She's a player. <laughs> and realize this, Gene. She had a she at all twenty five games in her senior season this past year. She tallied a double double in all twenty five games, ten triple doubles, and she had a quadruple double. Like I don't know what the, the you know the the quality of, of play she's playing against in the in high school there, but like a quadruple double that's impressive. Um, yeah. yeah, we haven't have mentioned her yet, but yeah, you, you're you're right though. Like you have Key and you have Sanders who are kind of in a, in a league of their own with the, their height and their size on the roster, and then everyone else is like you said, kind of except for Stripling and and Die is listed as a true forward, but she you know she's an undersized forward for the women's game. But aside from Stripling, Green and Die like. Everyone else is kind of a hybrid, so you're absolutely right about that. Though I mean, this is a bigger, this is still a big team, 
but it's not like yeah, you know, it's not like you're thinking back to the days of you look at like the the San Antonio Spurs with with Duncan and uh, and Robinson. Like this isn't too this you don't have like two bona fide studs in the in the front court there. You have key and then you have potential, but then still a lot of question marks there though. Yeah, uh, I'm looking here. Stripling played two way in Alabama. Um, okay. Now again, amazing amazing stats, amazing you know career. 2,900 points. She's the third player in Alabama girls' history to record to have 2,000 points. And uh, I'm guessing this was supposed to say rebounds. Uh, it says the thing specifically says tally 2,914 points and 2,043 career points. I'm assuming the second <laughs> is supposed to be rebounds. Yeah. Um, but she had 41 points and 21 rebound, 28 rebounds. I'm not exactly sure if that was the same game. I guess those are just career highs. But, uh, again, at the end of the day, she's 6'3". And it's weird. I mean, basketball is the only place, and maybe volleyball is where, but specifically basketball is the only place where we can scoff at the fact that, you know, that it's somebody, there's, a, there's a 6'3 girl out there. It's like the only place. <laughs> that's true. I mean, it's the only place in America that you can, oh, six, that's all? You've only got one six six, Really? Oh, you've got that 6'5"? Uh, okay. But, um, but yeah, that's weird. But it's also the truth. And I don't know who the answer, but I think Tennessee's success this year will be contingent on who really steps up and how, how the game changes when tomorrow Key has to go out. Um, because if you don't have somebody who can spell her and do which do something similar to what she does, man, I think you're hurting. I, I do. I, I just think you're hurting because she has such a specific skill. You gotta defend I mean you can defend a certain way with her. You can, you know, kind of let people not necessarily let people, but you're not as concerned about people getting into the ba- getting to the basket because you've got her back there to block shots. But if she's not back there then you have to be better you know, bat, you know, you have to be better on the perimeter. This is nerd talk, nerd basketball talk here. But uh, yeah, you got to be better on the perimeter defensively. Um, like people saw how bad things looked for the Utah Jazz in the playoffs, and everybody blamed Rudy Gobert because he, you know, because I think he was kind of, you know, they felt like he was played off the court. The problem was the rest of the defense wasn't any good, and he just usually cleans it all up. Uh, and I think there's a little bit of that with Tennessee now because um, if if Tamar Key's not in the game and you still can't guard the person in front of you, now teams are getting layups. Whereas they were, you know, you at least had the option of a six six player back there to block a shot. So I think that that's going to be really important for this team this year. Can you know can either Stripling or uh, Saunders kind of step into that role? If it's going to be one, I would probably lean towards Stripling. Um, although, who knows? I mean, maybe uh, maybe this is the year it kind of clicks for Saunders. Um, but that I think where they go this year will be contingent on them because they've obviously got the perimeter options. They have a couple. They, they have two that you feel really, really good about. And Suarez, obviously, I've seen the email. She, they, you know, she had a really, really good summer. Um, as well, 
So you kind of feel really good about what your backcourt can provide. There's a lot of size. There's a lot of size there. I'm pretty sure it's what six two, six two, six three, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah, six two Suarez, six uh, two Horston, and Burrell is what I'm looking now. Six. She's six, six one. one. Yeah, six two, six two, six one. So. You, you, you feel really good about that and however you want to play it but like it's hard because who and is there anybody else that you just feel really good Jordan Walker there's four people that have been really successful to market there's five people on that roster that have actually had successful moments in a Tennessee jersey I'm not speaking on Green, who was successful at Liberty. I'm not speaking on uh, Da, who has some really good moments at Troy. I'm saying at the level of basketball that Tennessee is playing, with the expectations that are always going to be attached to that program, always going to be attached to that program, you have five players who have really kind of done something in that jersey. And if I'm forgetting somebody... I apologize, but I don't think I am because Rennie really hasn't done an awful lot. Um, I'm sitting here, Darby, you know, she was injured a lot of last year. Um, Puckett just got there. Um, Wynn just got there. Miles just got there. Green got hurt and she wasn't doing an awful lot, averaging about seven points and three rebounds a game before she got hurt. Stripling just got there. Dodge just got there. Saunders has been there and hasn't really done anything. So, yeah, it's going to be a question. Is, I don't even know. Like that schedule does them zero favors. You talk about yeah. the women's schedule does them zero favors. Like it's probably harder than the men's. And um, yeah, you yeah. Make, you have three three of the four final four teams last year. That's that's harder. <laughs> yeah, and two of those you went out of your way to schedule. Right. Yeah. Like you didn't have to schedule those two. South Carolina, they, they weren't, they're not going anywhere. Uh, and heck, they came what? God. They came a tip-in away from going to the National Championship game last year. A tip-in. Mm-hmm. So, my goodness, like, they're not doing you any favors. So, that whole non-conference schedule, for me, will, will be who, what three or four players can step up in a way to where you feel good about having an eight, nine player rotation going into conference play. It's the same thing as the men. Can you feel good about eight or nine players? Because I don't know how you get there. And you're go- And once you get there, you're going to look and you're going to say, man, we are young. Because <laughs> I think if, if, if you do get there, it's going to be by virtue of you know some of these freshmen that you've got. Oh yeah, so, I think you're. I think you're 100 right. It's good. It's going to be. You're going to have. It's. I think one of those eight or nine for sure is going to have to be like a a stripling or a, a pucket or a or a, a miles or even maybe a, a Kaya win. Like it's going to be one of those those players at least. I I 100 agree with you on that. I think it has to be at least one of those freshmen that's that's in that that rotation. I, I think you're 100 right. Um, before we get to our, our final thoughts on the roster. I, I will say we, we have talked about the assistant coaching hires for Lady Balls too. And I will say, and I know what it's talked about on the men's side and on the women's side, both that like you don't have as much information about assistant coaches in basketball as you do football. I do think personally though, Samantha Williams and Joy McCorby are upgrades over what 
over Goldwire and Williams, who, who Tennessee, or not Williams, um, goodness, I just forgot her name, whoever it was that I mentioned, that assistant coach last year. Sullivan Goldwire. Thank you, yeah, Sullivan, yeah. I think both Samantha Williams and McCorvey are upgrades from a, a, an experience standpoint. Like Samantha Williams, you don't get, I don't think, more experienced and respected as an assistant coach in, in the women's game almost than, than Samantha Williams. Like she's been all over the place. She's been a head coach. She's been, uh, a, a, she's going to be the the recruiting coordinator. She's been, I think, an associate head coach as well. Like she's been everywhere and she's certain for Jeff Waltz. I mean, she, she has done a lot of really good things in the college game and as coach in the SEC. She coached in Auburn before, obviously coached at Duke, coached at DePaul. I mean, she, she's been a lot of different places. And obviously, like I said, Louisville, um, under Jeff Waltz is there. And then Eastern Kentucky was the head coach before joining the Laval's. And then Joy McCorvey was, and she's been in there over a decade as well as an uh, assistant coach and was the associate head coach at Florida State before coming to Lady Vols and also coached at Michigan. Obviously, the the one carryover, main carryover from the staff is Kelly Harper's husband, John Harper, as an assistant coach. Um, he stayed on the staff. And then I think a lot of the support staff, um, I want to say they stayed fairly similar. I know Catherine Green was the director of basketball ops. She was the, the director last year. And Casey Daly was on the team last year, too. So, and, I, and I think John John Theus was, too. So that those all kind of stayed Similar, similar than than last year. I think Brian Tatum. I want to say is new. I don't. I don't remember now. Um, actually, John Josh Theus might have been new. I, I know there's a couple of new ones on the support staff, but for the most part, they're more settled than what the assistant coaching staff was. But before we get to the main thoughts on the roster, Gene, I personally am of, of the thought that Williams and McCorvey are upgrades over what Tennessee had as the assistant coaches last year, because I think those are just two really good, experienced veteran assistants who bring you know. I think bring exactly what Kelly Harper needs on the staff to help her out. Obviously, she's not like a, a super young and experienced head coach, but this is you know this was her first really huge major stop um, as a head coach in Missouri State and NC State before this. But I think that was oh in Western Carolina too. I forgot about that. But I think this is these are the the kind of assistant coaching hires that um, she really I think can potentially help her out a lot uh, at the at Tennessee. I've got nothing to add, man. I, I 100% agree. Uh, I mean, uh, the chops that um, – God, what's her name? Um, the coaching chops that Samantha Williams has, uh, and obviously you got the youthfulness of Joey McCorvey and, and a person who really wants to thrive and succeed and is a quick, you know, a, a fast up-and-comer, then I think I think that's just great, uh, two great additions. So I, I don't have anything else to add to that. Certainly agree. Well, then the, the same question for this team as for the men's team. Is this a better roster on paper than what you think Tennessee, the Leavals, had last year? Because I think it's tough to answer because losing Ray Burrell is a big loss. Like, that, that, that is a – she is one of the best players the Leavals have had in a while. Like, she, she's one of the better players I've, I've seen play for the Leavals in several years. I mean, she was a true star – um, was an incredible scorer, was a just a gifted player overall. And her four years at Tennessee, she did some really, really incredible things and, and uh, did some just outstanding things for the Lady Vols. Losing her is a big blow. And, and, and that alone to me makes me say, no, this isn't a better roster because I don't know how you can be a better roster and without having Renaya Davis on the team. You have Ray Burrell, and she took a step forward last year, and 
I think she will again take yet another step forward, and I think Jordan Horston will continue her development and take another step forward. But I think even just again based solely on that, I don't know that you can say this is a better roster. And also to your point earlier, Gene too, with uh, Tamari Key, unless Saunders steps up, not having someone who can truly kind of quote unquote fill her shoes when she comes out or if she fouls out or, or whatever. That also makes me hesitant. I, I I think this is a good team, and but again, the schedule is not going to do them any favors either. I think there's more talent and, and more kind of a cohesion perspective on the, from this team than last year. But I will be very interested to see kind of what their record is by the time we get into February, because by that point you've played UConn, you've played all your your non-conference games, you've played a, a good chunk of your SEC games, like. We'll know a lot about this team, I think, by the time we get into February and after they've played UConn because that it, it's a brutal first half of the, of the season for this team from the scheduling perspective. And I think you know you either come out of that battle-tested and, and feel like you're closer to your teammates and that you, you're ready to take on the, the last couple months of the season or you're injured, you're depleted, and you're feeling beaten down. So I, I think this team... Just based on not having Renai Davis, I think it's hard to say this is a better roster from last year. But I still like the team overall. And, and just like with the men's team, I think the backcourt depth is phenomenal. And I think that that's going to be what carries this team. But I worry about what happens if Tamari Key gets hurt or what happens if she gets fouled out or happens if she, you know, is not playing well and for some reason it, it needs to be out for a while. Like, I, I think that's that's kind of the biggest key or the biggest question is, what do you do if Tamari Key isn't out there to be your rim protector? Do you have someone else you trust to be a rim protector on defense and who can score consistently in the paint like she can too? So I think that's the biggest question. Can Ray Burrell fill the Renaya Davis shoes? Does Jordan Horston take another step and kind of take some of that pressure off Ray Burrell? And what do these freshmen do? You know, Do we see one of these freshmen kind of break out in their first year and have a very solid season and be like what Mara Suarez was and, and be a you know an SEC all freshman type player to kind of fill a void and, and be you know in that rotation like you're mentioning no the Ross is not better um, they don't have like a true post score per se because um, Kittle will kind of filled that role last year I mean she kind of that was kind of who she was as a basketball player. Um, I mean, she had the she had a 19 point game against Auburn. I get it. That's not exactly murderous role, but she was good in the tournament. She had 10 points and five rebounds against Michigan. She had 10 points and eight rebounds against Middle. Um, didn't play it off, but that was that gives you at least a person that you could kind of lean on. And you've replaced Kush Kittawa with uh, Stripling. And you may you may ultimately get a little more athletic. I, I don't know. Again, I'm not seeing um, strip and play, but um, I would venture to guess maybe she's a little more athletic there. Um, you basically replace Jaden McCoy with Alexis Dye. I'm not sure that that's. I'm not sure, even though even as even as she, even as McCoy kind of, I don't really remember her doing much beyond. Yeah, she had, she had some different injury issues and stuff. I think she, yeah, she only played in um, three games last year. 
Yeah, so I'm not sure that that's... Um, I'm not sure what that is. And I'm not sure that that benefits one way or the other. Um, again, as I just look up and down this roster, it's hard to look and see the places where they specifically got better. Mm-hmm. And you didn't replace Renai Davis. That's a hard person to replace. Right. But say, okay, so let's say they replace Renai Davis with Ray Burrell. Who replaces Ray Burrell? So that, right. that exactly. obviously what you're what you're hoping is that, you know, you know, uh Burrell averaged seventeen a game last year, that maybe she can bump her numbers up to like eighteen or nineteen or twenty. But how are you gonna kind of where are you going to find that 17 that um, that Burrell she gave you? Mm-hmm. You know, where does that come from? So I don't, and I don't know. And I could easily see this being a year where maybe this team gets better as the year goes on because you do have some talented players. Um, I think not. Do I think that this is long term a better roster? Of course. Because you're now getting to a point where these are um, Burrell's not, but all these players, with the exception of Burrell, are your players. Which that's those are people that, in some way, shape, or form, you had to go out of your way to recruit in some capacity. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. So that's this is. Uh, yeah, because you you had to basically make sure Tamari Kiwi was coming. You had to basically work to make sure that the horsing was coming. Same thing with Saunders. Um, yeah, the thing they were they were committed or signed with, with they they were Tennessee when when she was when when Kelly was hired. But you're right, like you had to hold on to them because they could have backed out. At least pat them on the back and say we still want you here. And right, but but beyond that. Um, these are all your players. These are all people that yeah, you've had program and you've had a chance to develop and work with and grow and develop relationships with. Um, yeah, because Jesse Rennie was a junior. She was a late addition to that class and was brought in by this this right Kelly Harper. So yeah, you're right. You're right. So, now this is your roster. So like I said, ultimately I think long term in a year or so this would be perfect for them because what you need this year is somebody to kind of step up and show in some way, shape, or form that they can kind of take on. Look, whoever becomes this year's Ray will be next year's. Whoever, Yeah, whoever becomes Ray, I mean, what Ray was to Renai this year will become what Ray is this year, next year. Right. You're following that trend. Like, Ray is replacing Renaya. Whoever replaces... Last year's Ray will replace Ray when she moves on. Like you, I get what you're saying. You're you're making yeah. that kind of it, it, trend it, it, there. it sounded kind of confusing, but I knew where I was going with it. <laughs> um, yeah, like you need somebody to step up because next year there is no Ray, and you're going to have to get that from someplace. And so I, that's why I think. I mean, I think, man, when you look back at the people they lost, I don't think enough is said about what they lost over. I mean, I covered the 28. Team nineteen team. I guess that was the year that was hot. That was Burrell's freshman year, 
And when you just look at the recruits that they lost, like just the players that were on that team, Avina Westbrook, Mimi Collins. Um, oh, I'm about Jack, to help you. I'm about Jack to help you out here. You had Zay Green. That's four yep. players. Like those are four. What top fifty or so prospects? I mean, Zay Green's at A and M now, I believe. Madison Gill's at Kentucky right now. Uh, Mimi Collins, I believe, went to Maryland. Avina Westbrook's at UConn. You know, so the same stuff I said about the men's side, where you kind of realize the quality of the player you lost about where they end up at. God, they lost four quality players. That was just that was a yep. couple of years ago. That wasn't that mm-hmm. long ago. And you know, so t- as you look and you just see how this is still how this is being pieced back together. Now, in hindsight, it's been a process. And then, obviously, you lose Massingale and you lose Green after you had them for a year. You had them. Obviously, they were here that freshman year. They were here. Uh, they were, yeah, they were in Knoxville in 2018-19. They stayed a year with Kelly and then decided they were going to go elsewhere. Um, you know, so to have those players in the program and lose them, like you're trying to piece this thing back together. I don't think enough will ever be talked about with that because it's Tennessee. You're just expected to be, you know, Yukon South and it's supposed just supposed to be just you and Connecticut just competing for championships. Like this is nineteen ninety seven and the the game that was grown, you know, by Pat Summit is now where it is now. Like that's this is all a credit to where the game is deeper, to where there are more quality teams, to where you have teams that are just that are pop up excellent now. South Carolina was not a game twenty years ago. AM was not a game twenty years ago. Like all the teams, all the programs that have stepped up, Mississippi State, uh, NC State, across the country, you know, Stanford, Arizona comes out of nowhere this year. So when you look around the country, Baylor, we'll see what happens with LSU with their new head coach, who obviously everybody in Knoxville loves. Um I think some people are scared of too. Uh, <laughs> of who? Kim Mulkey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I agree. But I mean, but when you look at the growth of the game, I mean, I, I get it. Everybody just says Tennessee's not allowed any down years, and it's a credit to their excellence. It's, there's some Kentucky men's basketball stuff that you're not allowed a down year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what this year is going to be for this Tennessee team, and you know, and and it's and it stinks because if you look at just this is the year where fans are expecting more. Yeah, the problem is, third year. I, think, I think right now they have less. That could change, but right now from what I look at, I see nice names and such, but I don't think they have the same level of players who have done this at this level. Uh as they had, as they've had in the past, because they've only got five of those, and then you've got some graduate transfers and other pieces that you're trying to piece together. So it'll be interesting. But I, right now, it's, I just can't see myself saying that this is the same caliber of team until somebody steps up besides Ray Burrell. Um, maybe it's Jordan Horson. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe Miles plays point. Maybe you've got Jordan Horson as another guard because that that could be interesting. Miles becomes your point guard. Um, Horson kind of you know, kind of plays like a versatile, you know, position, and then you have Burrell. Maybe that's what they do. I I don't know, but it doesn't 
solve the biggest question is where does Tennessee go to get some minutes off the bench? That sounds a lot like the men's team, but at least there's some names on the men's team, and I'm not even sure those names exist on the women's. Yeah, to kind of run down those four names you mentioned, I'm, I'm kind of surprised Jasmine Massagill and Zay Green didn't have better years than they did last year, but Zay Green was three points and a rebound per game for um, A&M last year. Massengill was five points, uh, basically three assists and two and a half rebounds a game for Kentucky. But then Mimi Collins and Amy Westbrook were, were two players that made significant contributions who I think Lady Vols would have loved to have had <laughs> on their roster. Uh, um, look at Mimi Collins last year. She was an all-Big Ten honorable mention for um, Maryland average, about ten and a half and six and a half for them as you know, ten and a half points and six and a half boards, and then Avina was about nine and a half points, five rebounds, and about four something assists per game. So you know, still not. I, I think that's interesting. I didn't actually know Avina's stats until just now, but I think that was interesting to kind of see what she did at UConn with a very talent-heavy UConn team where she wasn't the main person. Obviously, you know, you had Paige, Paige buckets over there for them. But yeah, those are still players that you would like to have had on the team in, over the last couple of seasons for sure. Uh, maybe not. And it was obviously different stuff with Avina, but still, like, some of those players you still would like to have had on your roster the last few years. And like you said, those are players that came in highly regarded um, coming into Tennessee who left and that, you know, either Kelly Harper never had a chance to coach or, you know, coached, like, a season and then they were gone still after that. So, yeah, I actually don't think any of those girls were on – let me double-check. I don't think any of those players were on um, Kelly Harper's first team. Let me – Double check really quick. That's uh, Green. was yes, and, and Zay Green was too actually. Now she tore ACL like the second game, I believe. Yes, that's oh. right. I remember that now. So she I remember was, where it was when that, when that happened. Really wasn't there. Now Massengill, I'm not really surprised by um, her her numbers. I guess you could say, or lack thereof, Kentucky, because she's just not that player. She's just she's a six two point guard. Doesn't really shoot it well. I, I remember do, you know talking to her that uh, Kelly's first year, and you know trying to draw some comparisons between the type of. I think I made. I, I try to make the point that Massengill would have been a great point guard in the late '90s, early 2000s. It's just we expect our point guards to go give you 15 points and five assists and something a game, and that's just not who she is. She's just. She'll give you – she's more likely to give you a triple-double than give you 20 points. And if she's going to give you a triple-double, it's going to be one of those Draymond Green triple-doubles where it's like 10 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists type stuff. Um, she's the type of player she is. Um, now, Green was more of a scorer, but, you know, who knows? Maybe take – you know, she missed a year basically – with the ACL, I guess she's technically just still a sophomore on the field. Um, I mean, the court, because she read, she would have registered that her Kelly's first year and then the COVID year last year. So I guess she's maybe she'll kind of get into a flow. But again, now you're at a place where it's not mythical expectations. It's not just your past expectations as far as your past are concerned. Like you go to A and M, there's like legitimate. Championship, you know, that's like that's what they're looking at. They're looking at those sorts of goals, and that becomes a little bit harder when it's not just you're not 
chasing history and you're chasing more of a reality. Um, and, and so that could, I'm not surprised it was all that all that difficult for her. Now, the others are the others. Collins, Westbrook. I mean, people feel how they feel about it, about those two specifically, Westbrook. But she's moved on, and I kind of feel like everybody else should too. But um, I mean, we're, we're talking about the now and right now. I'm looking at a team that has a lot of questions, and though they will be answered, that's the good thing about questions, you, especially in sports. They are answered. Uh, we'll just have to see how they are answered. Well, I think we talked a lot here. I think that'll wrap it up here. And in fact, <laughs> looking back on how long we've talked, I may end up dividing these into two episodes and release them uh, a day apart. So we'll kind of see. We'll, we'll, we'll see if this stays one long episode or if we do two different episodes here. So we'll we'll, we'll see about that. But regardless of how this listens we, or how this goes, we, we really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to the podcast here and if you're new, again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're a returning uh, listener, thank you for coming back. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. And like I said at the top of the show, share this with friends. Share this with Vol fans, with college basketball fans, SEC fans, whatever. Uh, anyone you think will enjoy the show, share it with them, with a family member, a friend, anyone else, coworker, whatever. Blast it at your, your work so people can hear it and go, hey, what's that? That sounds interesting. So we appreciate that. Thank you all so much. Signing off for Gene, I am Nathaniel. This has been another episode of the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Subscribe to the show so you'll never miss another episode. 